Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and today I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you today. We are discussing Season 2, Episode 5, titled The Ghost of Hall. This one is written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, with a direction by David Petrarca. Same as last week. Uh, got, mm. got him still in the mix. And, uh, yeah, man, this is another goodie. It's nice and simple. It's not a lot that happens mm-hmm. this episode, but at least we're not watching people get brutally tortured the entire time. So I'm down with that. And uh, speaking of the intro song, a little singing it, you know, at the beginning, this was, I maybe, I don't know, maybe I missed it last episode, but Koth yeah, uh, popped Koth. up in the intro. Um, this is cool how the intro changes over the mm. span of the show. Um, yeah. And the more you know about the show, the more that it, it is literally just a map of, it's just going through the locations of the current show right now. And, and, and like they, you know, like the how Winterfell changes over the show. Um, mm. over time and how it's like burnt you know it, I, I think it's just really cool it comes a point where it's like smoking and stuff yeah it's very yeah. it's all very very cool uh and this one this episode might be the one that takes us to the most locations actually Ooh, okay uh, as our previous high was six and this takes us to seven let's go okay wow i wanted to ask you i don't know if i've just missed this the entire time i've watched the show or if it's not at all what it is, but like in the intro sequence, the like thing of energy that all the rings are like rotating around that has like the Game of Thrones like title, you know, the red, is that the comet that's like going across the whole, you know, that like shows up and it's like, that only means one thing that's dragons because like, it's a literally a map of Westeros and the thing is literally, it's, I thought it was just the sun like the whole time, but like, I was like, no, that makes sense. I, I I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know that we're necessarily supposed to make that connection, but I do think mm-hmm. that that's a that's a cool theory that I've never even considered. I was because even... I, I was just watching because I'm like, oh, it's Car like Carth, and I'm like, let me see if there's like any little thing that changed with Winterfell or anything that changed with the Wall, and and like nothing really. Ch- it's just the same everywhere. But then I'm like, it cuts into the re- that the thing every now and then. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like. Is that supposed to be the comet like flying across? Yeah. Like, um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I hadn't even considered that. This is actually, interestingly enough, this will be our first episode where I have finished one of the books. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. on to book two now. Uh, I'm on to book two, catching up with where we are in the story. Mm. Still very early on in book two. Uh, haven't made it very far. I think I've made it maybe to where the second episode might be no not even that i think i'm still in the midst of what the first episode is but okay. uh 
Yeah, I finally finished a book, and it's a. Uh, it 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 actually is giving me some key insights into a character like Stannis Baratheon. That you know, they we spend some time with Stannis, but we don't spend time dwelling on his motivations a lot. I don't think it's more because of the Red Woman that they just kind of blow everything off. They're like, yeah, Red Woman did this. Uh, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we where we would kick off this episode is in the Stormlands with Renly Baratheon. I think it kind um. of provides <laughs> a little uh, nice little launching off point. So if you're ready, I am ready. Eesh. Yeah, I guess let's let's get into it because man, yeah, it just uh, you know we were confused last week. <laughs> I I was like I could have swore that the episode ended with Renly getting stabbed. No, the scenes are back to back. They're just the end of an episode and the beginning of an episode, and they're yeah. makes know, more like, sense. Yeah, previous we, we, watches. I was like, ah, when you I'll binge the show, second. yeah, when you binge the show, it's all just one big conglomerate of an episode. So, um, and you binge the show as well, and you watch the end of the last one, where the red woman births a shadow beast. Uh, you go ahead and start the next episode. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it is. It is really weird not doing that. Like. Actually, right. like, making myself only watch one episode at a time. Gotten um, a lot easier, too. Like, it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't feel the pressure to be like, oh, I really want to keep watching. No, I'm like, I got that's next. It. I yep. got next. Yeah, this mm-hmm. would be nice and easy. But, uh, yeah, we kick it off in the Stormlands where King Renly Baratheon is hanging out. Brianna Tarth and Catelyn Stark. And uh, they're interrupted when a shadow leaks in from under from under the curtain. Uh, Catelyn kind of watches it and is like, that's fucking weird. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, and then it takes the form of a man and stabs Renly through the chest. Uh, the horror, the pain displayed by Gwendolyn Christie as uh, Brienne of Tarth here when she yells no, earned her my performance nod very quickly off the rip. Uh, yeah. And I feel like this is the only true answer for this episode. Um I figured it was going to be down. Like, I'm looking for anyone who's not her, basically, in this episode. Mm. Uh, and because she she definitely deserves it for this episode. Like, oh, my oh, God. There's, like, like Especially with what comes next. After that scream, whenever yeah. he goes down and she stays by his body and is like, I'm not leaving him. I won't leave him. And Catelyn's like, you literally have to. Uh, you, you have no choice. And, uh, yeah, she's unfortunately mm. been blamed for the death. And flees camp with Catelyn, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that was some grim shit. I was like, "Damn, man, I uh, I like my du- I like my dude Renly a lot more on this watch too." So that made it that yeah. made it a little bit harder too. You know, it was like you always root for Rob because you know it's the longer. I guess you know he's going for longer, but you don't you don't think of the pair that Rob and Renly could have made. You know, like Renly down in King's Landing and Rob up in the north. Like it would have been sick. Renly, oh. Renly and Stannis, all of the people who saw, who are seeking to be king right now are still not cool with the idea of the north becoming its own kingdom. Mm. Renly even is like, you know, no, I, I don't think I'll grant you independence. But if he wants to help me out, he can be warden of the north and he can see see over everything. You know, it was. Robert and Ned's friendship that held the realm together, they both died and look at us now. You know, mm-hmm. like uh and that's mm-hmm. another point that I hadn't really considered is that like with Ned in the seat of power in the north and having him be a homie to the king really made things easy. Um like uh and mm. 
when they fell apart, the realm did. And uh, it would have been cool to see Renly and Rob kind of. Wow, man. This it's like House of the Dragon really woke me up to the idea of like the children were just roped into it. Like they're innocent from birth and it's just their parents that roped them into this family business that, you know, it's not their fault, but through how much they're already entangled with it, they have no choice but to make do with what they have. And like, I didn't realize how much it's exactly happening right now. Like Rob is doing exactly what Ned did. Like Ned had to fight their rebellion, Robert's rebellion for how long did they say? Like, 17 years or something like I well, maybe not well, I don't know how long 17 years it was about mm-hmm. it was like a year or two long conflict oh okay so I guess not as long as I was thinking but like I don't know Rob is kind of doing what Ned was doing at a young age getting mm-hmm. yeah. you know battle experience not exactly what you would want but you know it whatever well, I mentioned that Ned there was like a, a siege of the stormlands once that Ned had to break and that Ned gets all the credit. This is one of the things that the book kind of like keyed me into as to part of the history and the way Stannis views uh, Robert and his relationship to Renly and stuff is that he is the one who was passed or he was the one that was passed over because Renly got the seat at uh, the Stormlands. He was the Lord of the, he was the Lord of the Stormlands. Mm-hmm. He's the younger brother to Stannis. He gave Stannis like Robert declared Renly the Lord of that, that area and moved oh. Stannis. Uh, homie is the junior soprano of this show, Stannis. Uh, the, the guy who is just so resentful because he kept getting passed over. He's the Fredo uh, Corleone. So, so he was just sent to Dragonstone, like, but like Lord of Drag, like he is. Yeah, he's the Lord. He's a Lord there. But he has no seat on the council, though. No seat on the council. No seat of no seat of true mm. power either. Uh, he just kind of built. He just kind of helped build the ships for. Robert's army and just kind of mm. lived his life and he resents he resents Robert for it he resents Renly for it he's just growing embittered so it kind of it kind of keys us into why that's happening and then he's also bitter towards Ned you know whenever he's like mm. Ned died for me I won't make I won't make the same mistake that motherfucker did you know Robert looked at him as more of a brother than he ever looked at me as a brother uh and so like mm. you know he passes over yeah. me for hand and he chooses Ned he uh he I does see. Like, yeah, he doesn't give a fuck, man. He's like, fuck mm. my family. I'll do what I want. Is it, uh, why did he find himself, like, is it because of what is said in the show that he's just kind of like a hermit? He sticks to himself all the time. He just doesn't care. Like, there was not a lot of elaboration in the book as to why he was passed over. It was just that he was passed over. Like, he's just that unlikable, I think, is that they were like, yeah, Renly should really be the Lord of the Stormlands. Uh, hmm. I guess, I mean, even in the show, he's completely relying on the Red Woman for everything here. Like... He is. You take the Red Woman out. Storms he gets end. wiped. The Lord he, of Storms End. That's what it is. I, I kept saying yeah. the Storm Ends. But uh oh, Storms End. That's right. That, okay. Okay. So that's that's the, seat, that's the seed of Baratheon power. But it is in the Stormlands. So it's it's kind of the way that gotcha. Ned's Lord of the gotcha. North. He's the Lord of Winterfell. But yeah. Hmm. Okay. Man. Yeah. I know it was really cool to to see like. Because I forgot that Catelyn or Brienne was like blamed for mm, yeah. Renly's death. I'm like, because we know, we just full well know that it's yeah. the Shadow Monster and the Red Woman, whatever. But like, it's it's believed throughout, you know, Westeros that it it was Catelyn maybe or Brienne of Tarth, and it's like, 
um i don't know it's really i forgot about that uh, little aspect of it no, but, i loved it man i loved it but uh and it it is like it's really compelling because what that leads her to do brienne's i, I love brienne she's a very like i love this character she just wants to give her she wants to be a knight so bad she's just giving her sword left and right uh she looks at Catelyn, she's like but i could serve you and you know there is there is merit to that it's, it's, it's not a like good she's story. choosing bad people she chose no. renly which might have very well gone on to be the king and then now like i mean the most and powerful woman in the north you know i, I love her reasoning like uh mm. you're a strong woman you know not in the traditional sense but you're a woman's kind of strong uh yeah, I I, I, I would die for you now. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. nice. You seem chill. This I'll actually, die for you now. This is actually my favorite scene of the episode too. That's that's mm-hmm. the one that I declared my favorite scene was Brienne swearing her sword to Catelyn because not just because of what this scene is in and of itself, but what it leads to. The way Brienne goes on the journey to try and protect Arya, the way she ends up trying to save Sansa from Winterfell whenever Ramsay takes over, mm. like all that. Like that's because she oh. swears this oath now that she yeah. decides protect the kids um and i think that's really awesome so like that 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 became my favorite scene i love the way catelyn was like you know she did what you do when a knight swears their fealty to you you know mm. i promise that you have a place in my house and i will protect you in every way that i can and stuff like i loved that so that was that also got my favorite scene so brienne really dominating this episode for me and at least those those categories i don't think i got her for anything. oh that is customary to do what catelyn did I thought that that like I mean, she kind of yeah. oh I thought that she kind of took it upon herself to be like man if you're doing this then I'll swear you know basically I thought she was kind of doing it back I guess that makes sense it's it's a very formal process I guess um, but I don't know I, I I I'm not gonna lie I usually don't look at your picks for the episode um, this one I did because I was very confident that it was Brienne and this scene. Um, mm. And I'm like, because when I watch this scene, I'm like, holy shit, there's no doubt that there's any other correct answer here, like for the rest of the episode. And I'm like, I'm watching the rest and I'm like, no, no, nothing really hit it. Um, So my answers, I guess, like truly are this, but there is one other scene that does, I think, actually give it a run for its money. I'm looking at, I'm looking at yours um, now. Your quote is what I had before I landed on my quote mm-hmm. um, and your your scenes and your performance picks here. Yeah, like you, you got like all the number twos. Like, yeah, and that's the thing is that I know that I don't have the number one. Like my, yeah. they are, maybe the number one line, maybe, but well, I know I don't have the number ones. But um, I, this is kind of I want to give cred to the not obvious people here. No, that's yeah, kind I, of where I, I'm at for this. Episode. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to keep it going because yeah. this next scene takes us to, you know, Renly on his on his slat with uh lord loris tyrell standing over his body uh, mm. in, in tears which was another great performance i almost gave it to finn jones for for this Ooh. scene with loris uh but i didn't uh and you know the house tyrell is fleeing to high garden the rest of the bannermen going to join stannis and lord peter baelish is the one who's uh letting them know about this and he uh he goes ahead and accompanies the tyrells and you know he senses an opportunity to sway them to the lannister side and I loved this whole scene, mm. like uh, after after Loris has kind of uh, left the tent, and Marjorie is sit- standing over his body, and uh, he's she's like, yeah, you know, if 
if he was never a king, I was never really a queen. And Peter asks, you know, do you want to be a queen? No. I want to be the queen. Boom. That's a bar. Boom. And it, this is the, the line that really gives credence to that, just that one, like, why are we overlooking Marjorie so hard in this show? Like, why? I feel like she's never been, like, the main players are, you know, Danny, Cersei, John, like, th- those, the Arya, you know, you hear them all the time, but like, oh my god, does Marjorie have a rise and just power? Oh my god. And Real also, power. this show is eight seasons. She is in it for five full seasons. Yeah. She's in the show for two, three, four, five, and six. Like, she is in this show for a long time. And yeah. she is so, like, and that's not just an admiration to the actress and like, oh, you were in the show for the long time. It means she stayed alive and relevant for a long time. Yeah. Which she is plays impressive. the game. very well and she was completely right here she becomes the queen like she gets there like she is that she's not just talking out of her ass she is Mm. actually for real and she she gets there and i love that that uh like little finger he hears that and he's like he admires her he's like oh my god like okay like actually i think like he he sees it more of not as like, oh, I have to to report this back to the current council. I can't let you know her take over. It's more of like maybe I, maybe I do let you take over. You know, like I like you way more. Um, well, not so. only that, but this is something I'm almost willing to guarantee that he is the one who presents this to Cersei later on, whenever Sansa is declared or isn't declared a traitor, but is no longer the fit, the match. Mm. He does marry Marjorie. Joffrey does for a brief time. So, like, that's a, that's something I, I distinctly see uh, Littlefinger being responsible for, is bringing mm. that back and being like, yo, we got it. We got yeah. a good... It, it, and it mm. allies the Lannisters and the Tyrells, the two richest families in the realm. There's There's essentially no... It's a no-brainer for the Lannisters to accept a proposal like that. That's and, true. Uh, uh, it's my line of the episode, by the way. If I didn't make, um, no, yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I made that clear yet. But that was uh, my line of the episode because it came earlier on, and I was like, "Oh, that was hard. That was hard. I love it." And then, like, I was like, "There's something that comes later that we will get to." That I was like, "That's just for a from a personal standpoint, I love I love that shit." But we will get there. Uh, Any hoozle, uh, hmm. There's also the fact that Stannis is. He's planning his siege of King's Landing, his storming of King's Landing. And uh, Davos is like, sir, I got to tell you, you're losing men. Uh, you're, you know, you're, ga- you're gaining men. But, uh, you know, they, they seem to think that you answer to the Red Woman. You know, the Red Woman whispers something in your ear and you go ahead and do it. And Stannis is like, that's not uh, true. That's not true. And Davos is like, very well. I don't think it is. You're a good man. Uh yeah. Don't felt... don't take the red woman to King's Landing though because then people will lose respect for you. And I like the way that he was able to like that's what Davos is good at. This it's man a, yeah. is a fucking salesman. He is one of the best counselors in all mm. of the show. She, yeah. He is so good at what he does. And that's and, I uh, think that's why he earns like he earns Stannis's trust here even more even though Stannis was upset with him a little bit for saying these things. Stannis I mean, knows that they're true. 
Like, well, and, that, and that's um, the thing too is that he's a little upset with him, and it leads him to the conclusion: you know what? You can go ahead and command the fleet when we storm King's Landing. And it's it's kind of fifty fifty there. It's kind oh, of sure. like you're in a lot of danger. You know, I'm just gonna maybe send you off to die, or it's but like, you. but you also are commanding this entire operation. So, like, I do full well trust you and put a lot of faith into you in this 100 yeah like um, i think that it's kind of a devil and the angel place in a tie here mm. you know with davos so the devil's like kill his ass and the angel's like ah but he could do so good for you and he's like you know what perfect i'll just place him in command of an army that could be the move and uh you know when he's alone in his tent stannis briefly fights against some uh against some tears for a moment you know because his uh brother died and he did like he did care a little bit a little bit more than i would have thought yeah uh, which i yeah. thought was cool yeah i mean i don't know Samus is going through a wide range of emo- emotions here like it's he's struggling with himself with his family with the, the realm everything he's going through it a little rough right now he's so. having a rough time no doubt uh and he, he doesn't stop having a rough time he does nothing but have a rough time uh throughout the entire show but that does conclude the story in the Stormlands, and it brings us to King's Landing, wherein the hand of the king, Tyrion Lannister, brings news of Renly's death to Cersei Lannister, and uh, she's quite happy with it. She's like, <laughs> fuck yeah, you know? Uh, and Tyrion's like, yeah, but I, this does mean that Stannis gained a lot of men. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions up in the air about who did it. It could have been Stannis, it could have been Brienne, it could have been one of his Kingsguard. Could have been Catelyn Stark. She's involved somehow. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, it is and- interesting to me how easily everyone just became under Stannis's rule. Like for me, like I guess like he won and he killed Renly. But like, is it real? Are the people really? Did they just not care about Renly that much? And there, like, are that's, that's another thing the book keyed me in on that I just didn't. Uh, I didn't because he was the Lord of Storm's End. It's the way that uh, Ned has Bannerman because he's the Lord of Winterfell. They, so literally just he it's literally, the literal power. He literally gets past that power with that many men when they call the banners. But it's I guess the Bannerman, them, it's the up to that, them then to, if they want to go against him. Yeah, because okay. it's, okay. like it's like what Walter Frey said. You know, he's like, I could, yeah, I swore an oath to Stark. Sure, I swore an oath to the king too. You know, like the, because of that, I swore an oath to the king. So what do I? So it's up to the bannermen uh, at that point. But okay. it's not so much debating whether or not it should be Stannis or Renly. It's Renly or Joffrey is what the debate was. And then once Renly dies, it's like Stannis is the automatic Lord of Storm's End. Therein, I see they, they flock to him. Um, hmm. Wow, and yeah, because he wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to win the head-on battle. He knew, like. This was the best way to do it. Just one yeah. death and keep everyone else alive. Yeah, all of his soldiers. Dang, yeah. man. But it's just crazy. Like, this episode nine, gone. All of them. In, in all of them. Like, at black, just gone. Fighting hey, fire with hey, fire. It's kind like, of a big fucking mistake to not have the red woman there. Wait a minute. You think if she was there, she could have just, like, whoosh, 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 and then, like, the fire could have just, like gone away he's got some weird shit going on man i don't know like if 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 she does if she commands fire the way she seems to command fire mm, kind of a big fucking mistake to not have her there um dang that's actually kind of crazy now that i i'm thinking about that like 
it I never thought about the fire on fire aspect. They literally fought well, I guess they were fighting Stannis. The Lord of Light, and, yeah. The, 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 the Red Woman wasn't there, so like they you know, they were just fighting ships. But I mean metaphorically it's like a fire on fire fight here. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. And yeah, she wasn't there. I didn't I I I kinda didn't remember if she went or not, if Stannis went through with that or like took that advice or not. No, yeah, she's not um, there. Um but that is something that uh Tyrion mm. kind of predicts. Stannis is coming. He's going to attack. And he's like, so what are we going to do? Uh, we got a, we got a plan to defend the city. And she's like, I got my plans. And he's like, don't want to key me in on that a little bit at all. Okay. All right. I'll figure it out. Uh, and he goes on and from his spy, Sir Lancel Lannister and his little, uh. his little carriage, which I absolutely loved. Uh, he learned, and the, the shots in this are also fucking gorgeous because of like the netting. That's like above them, like the cross hatching. Oh, and shadows. how the light's coming through. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that. Yeah. Shit. Okay, I loved that shit. Uh, but Tyrion learns here that Cersei has been having extensive meetings with the pyromancer, uh, the alchemist skilled, and he's like, "Huh, I'm gonna go check that out." And he pays a visit to uh, Wisdom Helene uh, of the Guild and learns that they have stockpiled. Thousands of jars of wildfire, like seven thousand one, whatever the number yeah, was, seven thousand something. It was a lot. And like this scene took on a whole. Like I didn't remember it as like Tyrion being like, "Holy fuck, this could level King's Landing." Like that was his first reaction. It wasn't like, "Oh, we could use this." Like this is pure power. He was like, "Oh my god, we could kill ourselves," or like if. This falls into the wrong hands. Oh my god! It's I mean, it's the equivalent of a nuclear bomb. Like it's an insane foreshadowing, Um, Uh, and yeah, a wonderful foreshadowing. Uh, Yeah, because holy crap! Like one match in that room. If that room were to go up right now, holy shit! Like what? Where is that in King's Landing? I mean, it's I don't know where that specific hall is. You know, regardless though, if that goes up. Well, and hey, man, uh, Tyrion coming to the conclusion, you know, hey, this is this is cool. You know, this is bad. You're not mm. making it for Cersei anymore. You're making it for me. I almost chose that as my line. That almost was my line. Well, um, but. It really, oh, this comes back to backfire. Big man, time. it wildfire just it, it just isn't good. You know, no, it's uh, not. the Mad King. It was it was his favorite thing for a reason. And Braun, uh, man, the voice of reason somehow in in this scenario, yeah, being like, yeah. "This is a bad plan." Yeah, yeah, you know, even if you have the best soldier in your arsenal, him catapulting this shit, you're gonna hit one in ten. You know, it's not reasonable. And Tyrion's like, "Oh no, I've got a better idea for how to use this shit. I know exactly what I could do here." And uh, we don't get what he does. You know, we don't get his plan exactly, but we know what he does. He goes ahead and mm. pours it in the water, which is genius. Uh, and one, isn't one it, arrow. isn't it, yeah, like he, Bronn just, with a big-ass bow. I remember for some reason, it, it feels like a big-ass bow, and mm. he just draws one flaming arrow back. Like, But it was, the, it was like leaking in the water for a while, right? So like it yeah, was just been there. Around. Oh my God. Like I, I was, I was trying to remember how exactly they did it because I'm like, they didn't just fling him at the ships. I don't remember. It was just no. catapults. And I'm like, there was something Open else. Them up, that... set them in the water. Oh. oh, man, that is just so brutal. Like, so 
like I don't know what the word combustible that it like burns the water like even yeah. what like it, it, it's I don't know it's it's fantasy it's you know it's whatever but like it's just it's still cool I love it yeah, I love it's it awesome it's um, yeah he tells him you know you're making it for me now and Tyrion also goes on to pass a street protest where they're like and that little boy king up there that piece of shit being controlled by his demon monkey and Darian's like, ha that's funny. Demon monkey. Ha And Bronn's like, they're talking about you. And he's like, what the fuck, man? Demon monkey. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. The, I'm, he, yeah he, I'm trying was to he, help them. He, was he just thinking Cersei? Like they just thought it was Cersei for sure. But like, I have no I, idea what he must like, have been like demon yeah. monkey. I don't know. I think he probably just thought it was a straight up fucking demon monkey, which I think would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I mean, he seems to be, he's a man of wits, you know, and he's got, that's the thing. I don't know, he, it's what a little, little blonde moment that Tyrion had here. I don't know. I, he's a little, <laughs> for him, come on, man. You gotta, you gotta put the two together. I, you know, he's just, uh, he's thinking, you know, I am helping, you know, I'm trying to help them, but this is where his, the perception of him becomes hmm. a problem. You know, him being a dwarf makes people go, I don't trust him. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and like, that's, that's piece, that's some shitty, sh that's some shitty shit. And, uh, he's a good guy. He's trying to help them, but only so much you can do here. And, uh, that does conclude the story in King's Landing. We just bounce wow. from place to place in this yeah. one. And th those are the two longest. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, wow. They're yeah. It was just really very quick. Um, just little tidbits in each location. Wow. Yeah. Next up, we're at Lord's Port. Where uh, Theon's about to launch off on his new uh, <laughs> his new mission, uh, he's uh, he's like, oh, "You will Theon. listen to me. I am your I'm your commander." And he's yeah. they're like, oh, "Stop!" He says, oh, "Stop!" You. Yeah, he says like, "Stop!" Tries to get them just to like, I don't know. He's just oh, Theon like physically when, hurts to watch this. Something oh, like yeah. at moments, you know. It's there like, was a tweet the other day that was like, "What is a performance that is." what is a good performance by a man that is so pathetic that it's almost embarrassing to watch and part of part of the tweet that i i because i tweeted a few options and one of them was theon Greyjoy. i was That's like perfect yeah. before before ramsey torture he is so pathetic that it's almost embarrassing to watch and this is one of those scenes like when yara pulls up and is like oh no we're so scared like that's so funny that is so fucking funny. Ugh. And then he's like, you better hurry onto the port. They're going to leave without you. And she's like, they would never fucking leave without me. They know me. They know I command that shit. He'd be like, they'd wait there a year. They'd die without going without me. You know, the, she was I was like, oh, my Lord, you are badass. And then Theon over here gets like, oh, my God, this one pirate going up to Theon and being like, boy, I've been doing this for longer than you've been alive you know yeah, uh reaving and raping yeah so or you came out of balon's balls yeah. um and man i don't know was I, I, for some reason i thought that um the ship that theon sees i thought that that was like not actually his um and that he actually had a, a much smaller one for some reason i don't know why i remembered that it's already but, um, a pretty small fucking ship to yeah see. it is but I thought that that was like for some reason I thought I remembered that that was Yara's transport out to her fleet. That was just her um, mm. way to get to her fleet, and then Theon's was just I don't know, just some like other little man robo rinky dink. Yeah, something I don't know. Um, no, but. it's funny. Uh, and I, what Dagmer comes up, his first mate Dagmer pulls oh. on up and is like, "Yo, they're not going to listen to you until you prove yourself." All right. He's like, "Well, how the fuck would I, I'm their lord? You know, they should just listen to me." He's like. 
did those he's like they're not going to believe you're ironborn until you just do what you want are those men ironborn did they listen you know we're heading we're heading to the fucking fisherman's village you want to do that or you want to do whatever the fuck you want uh and that's when theon plots the plan that officially puts him at odds with house stark and uh goes on to raid torren square to draw the remaining forces of house stark from winterfell and uh, his plan is successful as Sir Roger Cassell leads a force of 200 more men. There are very few fighting men at all. And they're, mm-hmm. they're taking 200 men to relieve the siege of Torren Square, which leaves Winterfell wildly vulnerable. Um, Maester Lewin knew it. He's like, why so many? Dude immediately was like, yo. And then Bran, Br- the, the next one's at Winterfell, mm. where Bran is like, you know, if we're not going to protect our bannermen, why should they protect us? And that's also that's also fine. Also logic. fair. You know, like, yeah. I I get it. It's just that you know you are a kid, you are a child. If there are twelve men, twelve men sieging Torn Square, you can even prob- if you send a hundred. Yeah, I mean, even if you send half, you could still send even less than that. Probably, you know, maybe they're savages. Send fifty. I don't think. I don't think they're. They're taking you out, you know, on your own home turf. That's the thing, though. They do make it to Winterfell. But I thought it was, like, the distraction, right? It was just, oh, like, yeah, to get them. They ended up just keeping on, keeping on riding, I think. Because they knew that, because Theon was the no that they yeah. would do that. Yeah, true. And so... Ah, uh, uh, Theon. It does. We do get to Winterfell where Bran is providing counsel to his subjects. Uh, and What's one of his them name? is a... fuck the other Stark kid. That's just <laughs> Rick on. Rick on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Literally just showing that he just doesn't fucking matter in the show. Literally, this is all that's all this kid does. Crush well, nuts. He's also just sh- horribly, horribly depressed for yeah. a six-year-old. That's also true. Yeah, I guess super sad. So sad. Uh, There's a little part of the scene that's just like I'd never caught before that I'm like, it's not a huge thing, but it's like, holy shit, that's kind of sad. There's a farmer who comes up and asks him, you know, I need help. What can you give me? And he he grants him two orphan boys, you know, oh, me and my wife had always wanted kids. These are the two boys that get burnt alive in Brandon Rickon's state and Rick, uh, Brandon Rickon's stead by Theon. Oh my god! When the guy said, "Thank you, my lord. We've always wanted more kids." Was that sincere, or was he I like, so. "Yeah, I, I think he meant that." I think he was truly happy to accept these kids. He was very excited. They always wanted more kids. I truly think he meant that. It just it just sucks because this guy gets killed by the ironborn and they kill the kids and then burn them alive instead of Bran and Rickon or not burn them alive, burn them dead by Bran and Rickon. Uh, mm. Dang man. That is rough to know that moving forward. Oh dude. Like uh, I saw that and I went, Oh no. Oh no. Those are the, those are the little dudes who get burnt. Al- oh no. <laughs> Man, this show is brutal. They just don't. And, Bran, care. and Bran's the one who sent them there. You know, oh, like oh, it's literally his decision. Yep. Yeah, Oof. Ouch. Man. But is that's it at Winterfell, isn't it? 
Like, no, there's a little bit more. You know, okay, he, he's, gonna, he's oh. still being troubled by dreams. He's seeing, you know, oceans coming over the walls at Winterfell and drowned Ocean. men. Osha knows about the Three-Eyed Raven. She yeah. knows, and she is like, oh, no, that your dreams mean nothing. It's okay. Osha's like, I'm going to... I'm going to do my best to make sure you never figure out what the fuck is going on here. Uh, I did not know. I I guess, I don't know. Does she later on say that she knew all along or like that she like. No, I think it's more of an in denial thing. Like I think she, because there's also the fact that she can't know the true extent of it. There already is a three eyed Raven, you know? So maybe she's thinking that like the three eyed Raven is just reaching out to him. Not necessarily that. Okay. The next three-eyed raven uh but yeah she clearly has no stories and is familiar with what's going on here to an extent but she's like yeah no we're not going to think about that too hard all right you know the ocean's really far away uh and Uh, brand makes specific mention of it drowning people including sir roderick who uh does die when the ironborn come to winterfell via a horribly executed beheading okay that's i yes that's right okay because i was trying to remember if sir roderick made it like i'm like how long does he make it i'm like no way he's referring to no way the ocean is referring to like the sea of whites or like you know running in and like and i'm like no way sir roderick lives that long and he dies in in season eight right and i'm like no no um but I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like a duel. A duel. I don't no, know. I maybe not I like planned for. There. I hadn't even thought um, of that because that's what it looks like. Yeah. Like I mean, it's not that out there to that George knows that Winterfell will eventually get run over by White Walkers. You know, and like, oh, yeah. and, and literally, there's so many of them that they. Basically, like I mean, it's like, yeah, like, like there's like know. a wave of them that comes in. You know, like that. I like that perspective. I hadn't even considered it because of the obvious. Mm. You know the ironborn being of the sea mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, yeah obviously the the immediate metaphor that he's making is yeah. we're about to get fucked by the ironborn and sir roderick's gonna die and i saw it and it's i see the future so this is going to happen right um but i don't know every every time brand says anything now i'm uh i'm just very skeptical of it um, immediately yeah, yeah i'm, I'm listening hard in there but uh, that is what concludes the story at winterfell and now we only one hodor have- though we do get oh, a Hodor. We, get a we do get a Hodor. Fuck yes, um, we got yeah. a Hodor. A single Hodor. It was someone. I I think Brand might have said something to Hodor, like, "Hey Hodor, can you something something something?" And then Hodor just responded with a nice, clean Hodor. Um, and that was it. It was nice and easy. At least we got one. We didn't get one last episode. So I love, I love a single Hodor. I love a Hodor. Yeah. Less Only than two this Hodor. season so far. Only two this season. So we need and more season- more Hodors. There are later seasons where we'll get, there's like just, there's like one or two episodes where there's just a ton of them right in well, a fucking row. The you last know? one, the last one is, uh, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to count, you know, I, yeah, right. I do I want to count all of those or maybe we just say it's finished, you know, the counter, the counter's done. It's well, wait a minute. If we count every time that he said Hodor, then actually, like, it is the loop. That, like, the moment that he starts saying it till his death is, like, that's his purpose, to hold it, you know, hold the door. So, like, literally, 
it's like we've completed the the Hodor loop. Yeah, if we actually, so we kind of need to count. We need to count. We it. we need, we to, need count. to know how many times he said Hodor. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need to. I don't think it's that many. I don't think there's that many true full Hodors. It's you're right. It fades from hold the door, hold the door, hold. Does the that door, count? Hold door, hold door. Because that's what no. Hodor means. It's what it means, but it's not Hodor. You know. So it's we're not, only so it it has to be a Hodor. It has to be a true and pure Hodor. Okay, it's nice to clarify that now and not no double um, D, yeah. no Hodor. Hold the door, because that he he throws that out. He throws that out. He does. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold door. Hold door. Hold door. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. That's okay. 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 Yeah. Fair just to, just setting it in stone now. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, we got a we got a while. I guess. Yeah, it'll be a few seasons, yeah. but uh, nevertheless, we got three locations left, and we are at Heron Hall, where Tywin is hosting a protracted war council to determine a new strategy to deal with Rob. And uh, Arya is serving as his cupbearer. Very, very happy to hear that Rob is absolutely fucking them. Uh, because there's no way for her to know that. You know, like, up to this point. Mm-hmm. It's interesting yeah. that she does. she's heard stories, though. Like, that's how legendary Rob's become. Is that she's yeah. not even in the North. And she's hearing about what's happening in the North. Like, that's that's some real shit. Rob's a legend these days. But uh, Yeah. Well, she lets him know. You oh know, yeah. after after oh, lying yeah. to him though first a little bit she's got like she she's learning she's learning like she's that. getting her foot down you know getting her mm-hmm. footing down um i wanted to ask does tywin have any clue at all who she actually is yeah like I after maybe so. not right now but at the end of this altercation do you think i'm i'm interested to see i couldn't really tell you right now cuz i can't remember but Mm. Okay. I'd be willing to bet that no, because if he even kind of suspects it, you're right. He would not just let her roam around know. free. Yeah, you're right. No. He would absolutely be like, "Oh my god, you're Arya Stark." Yeah, yeah we got to yeah, do okay. shit about you're, this. Okay, uh, fair enough. But uh, <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah, I love the way he like dismisses one of his one of his cousins. He's like, "If you weren't a fucking Lannister, you'd be fucking dead right now. Get the fuck out of here." Yeah, okay? what did he ask for? What was it? It was like. Oh, can I just go home? Or yeah, something like I, that? Can I go home for like, like a week? Like, can I sleep? Yeah. He was like, can I go oh. take a nap? Oh, yeah. Uh, he it was like, like, yeah, you can go take a nap. Your wife's probably missing you. Go take a nap mm-hmm. with her. And he's like, my wife's all the way back in Landisport. Yep, pretty far ride. Go ahead. Good yep. luck, buddy. Get uh, out of my sight before I kill you. The only reason you're alive right now is because you have the same last name as me. Leave. Tywin is, I don't know. Tywin's yeah. pretty cool. No, yeah, like, that's the thing, is that, like, as shitty a dude as he is, I, like, a fantastic character. Just an awesome character. And, uh, like, I I enjoy, I love when he's on screen. Charles Dance Mm -hmm. commands those scenes when he's in them. But, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Tywin realizes that, he's like, you're from the North, right? Be honest. And, uh, she's like, yes. And she asks him what house he's from, what house she's from, and she lies, and then, and this is a cool little thing that I hadn't really thought of before or a connection I hadn't made. One of the things that the faceless men train her to do is to be able to lie seamlessly. Oh, and that's right. Jock, yeah. Jock and Agar's in this episode. You know, whenever she lies, 
the game of faces, I think is what they call it. They like slap, they like slap each other in the fucking face or something Mm -hmm. or each other's hands or some shit. Like, so she lies, he catches, he catches her and then she lies again, but she gets away with it. So it's, I think it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a, a foreshadowing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah. No, I I like that. Cause I mean, that's the whole point of, of their group. I don't know what's a religion cult. uh, Yeah. People. I don't know. They're good. They're chill. I don't know. I think they're the. I think they're they, a religion. I think they're a religion. You know? Interestingly they, enough, though, God. which is the Lord of Light. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is at, like I did not know that at all that they worship the Lord of Light and and like they actually like I don't know. It is. It's interesting. Like, is it a a general Lord of Light belief that if you take a life, you must give it back, or is this like his? Like um, I think kind of. way, I think it's kind of the way there are like separate sects of Christianity, where there's Catholicism and Protestants and okay and all this different sort of stuff. Where like I don't think he's necessarily worshiping the Lord of Light. They're worshiping the same God in completely different ways, you know, because he calls he calls it the many faced God later on in the show. Okay, uh, that's right, and uh, that's strange to. Because they they're nobody, and they have no. I don't know, but they have like a a deep core like religion to them. It feels like very, but it's also kind of secret. He's not about yeah, to okay. worships the many faced God because that's, that's like true. a faceless man. That's uh, true. They don't. It's it's not like they're spreading their word. Yeah, um, no, they keep that yeah. shit to themselves. That's true. Okay. Uh, Okay. So yeah, I think the dead God is like the God of death. Like that, that's the thing that there's only one God. It is the God of death. It is the red God. It is the faceless God. It is the Lord of light. I think it's all the same fucking guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they all oh, worship the same motherfuckers it's just, in different ways. You just see it through the different faces and it's different through every face because you have to have a different backstory, a different everything. Well, so I was also thinking about the fact that he's sure as shit not revealing his name because – or he's sure as shit not revealing he's a faceless man because next episode – I think it's got to be next episode – she gives a man his own name. She says Jacques and Agar. And, uh, and he's like, a girl gives a man his own name. Wait, she's she like, does that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, she's like, he's like, you're a, you, you fucking, oh, you're good. You're fucking good. Okay. Um, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that really what happens? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's not revealing he's a faceless man because. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's what makes him go, you know what? You're good. Here's a coin. Go, go somewhere. Oh. That's right. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so awesome. Okay, yeah. that's actually sick. So it is well, more of I like a in this episode, secret society yeah. ended, and I was like, "Fuck!" Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, so yeah, she she leaves to fetch some water and encounters Jock and Hagar, where uh, he is now a Lannister man at arms, and Jockin says that because she uh, saved his life and those of his two fellow prisoners, he owes her three deaths and offers to kill three people of her choosing. Uh, and she targets the man who tortures everybody. And he's like, that's not good enough for me. I need a name, which is also interesting. Like, I think he expressed like he expressly needs an identity to take or something like that. Like, I don't I wonder if it's it's more of like just to be sure 
that we are talking about the same person. It can't just be the person who tortures everybody because there's a lot of people at Heron Hall that do that. But yeah. by reference of the tickler, that is like specifically that person. You know that that's who they want. I think it's right. it's just more of that. I don't think it's like you need the name and that's – it's not like Death Note, you know, where you need the first and last name specifically that's, spelled like – I was um, curious because because of the whole like I have no name sort of thing. Like they – if there's something with their religion that requires oh. requires a name in order for it to be taken, which I okay. don't. Okay. Oh, I kind of do like that because he is like whenever she says the tickler, he's like, "That's good that enough. will do. That will I, do fine." He's like, yeah. he kind of and he's he's smiling about it. Like he, I don't know. He, hmm, that is interesting. I wonder how they do view that. Yeah, um, no, I'm. I don't think they ever go into it, but I do think there's something there about the like a man has no name. I need a name. Uh, you know, like a. Stuff like that. I think it's. I think there's something there. But uh, the tickler is soon found dead with his neck twisted all the way around, uh, and having fallen from a very great height. And Arya looks up, notices Jockin, and he holds up one finger to his face, like, "I did that shit. That's one. I did you that." You got two more. Yeah, he's like, "You know, you, you know." They um, <laughs> don't know that we know. Yeah, he's my favorite character. Um, oh fuck yeah, Arya was like. My- yeah, and it's oh my god! Like this dude is just—he's like a—he's like the Game of Thrones equivalent of Yoda, and just like the way he speaks, <laughs> it, it, for no reason, you know why he doesn't need to. It's just badass. Um, makes him way cooler. Um, just makes him sound more wise. Um, you know, and I think just the the like strand of white hair, like the character oh, design yeah. as well, is like yeah. a large reason of also, of why. Very very um, beautiful man. That is yeah, a good dude is. Mother badass it's a gorgeous and uh and i went with with aria because of her conversation Mm -hmm. with tywin where she's like they call him the young wolf they say he can't be killed they say he turns into a wolf himself and he's like do you believe he can't be killed and she's like no sir anybody can be killed and there's like that lingering look between them where tywin's like what do you mean by that and uh (laughs) that's why i said like does I don't think the idea enters his mind that it's Arya. Like I think there's moment. the idea that maybe she's loyal to the Northerners, though. Like she's she's got like a solidarity with the North. Uh, so like yeah, anybody, maybe you know, I think like, his thought is more of like maybe I shouldn't just have my cupbearer be someone who hates me so much, yeah, and who could easily poison me. Hey, he te- like he teaches her, like that's kind of an underrated part of her her journey is that Tywin himself. Teaches her a bunch of shit in the coming episodes. I mean, uh, there was a lot of war strategy just spoken that Arya heard. Like, mm-hmm. good, like he was just very like he's like, nope, we're drinking water. We're gonna be in here for a long time. Um, we know that X X X Y and Z is happening and more. Blah blah blah. Like, and Arya was just in the meantime like, okay, and oh, Rob's doing good. Nice. Like, you know, and okay, yeah. awesome. He's winning. Like, this is this is good. I don't know it was it was so so cute to see. So I like. No, no, I like that we got Arya and, and Jack and Hagar both. Oh, love it. I love characters. it. Beginning of an amazing journey between those two characters. But uh, that does conclude the story at Harrenhal. And it takes us to our second to last location at the Fist of the First Men. Mm. Lord Commander Gior Mormont is leading his ranging yes. team oh. to the ancient Fist of the First Men to rendezvous with the experienced scout Corin Halfhand. There's a lot of legend about him. 
You know, uh, is it true that he spent half the last winter north of the wall? The whole winter froze over and he had to wait out there. Like, Corrin's a fucking badass. Corrin half-hands the shit. I love this guy. Does this scene open with Sam being like, like, I fucking love it out here, man. Look at this. The first man was standing right in the spot that we're standing in now. Wow. I mean. I love it out here. And then he says, I wonder what the first men were like. Immediately pans over. John enters the shot. Like, it's perfect. And he's looking out into just the, the, the north. And he says, like, I wonder what the first men were like. And then John goes, they were afraid or something like that. Literally, that's like his first line. He's like, I bet they were afraid. They were running from something. You know, they were getting away. Like, he, he's, he's not. He's the only one that, like, one of the only people there that is, I don't know, more clued in, I guess. He's just very aware, very... Um, he, he knows there's a problem with the White Walkers that they really need to be worried about. He, like, it's just cool to me, like, that John is, like, the closest to, like, the first men out of any of these people here. Um, that, I don't know, just someone who's come from nothing... Um, has well, no titles, like, has been Starks. The Starks themselves have the blood of the first men. Uh, mm. Like they are, they're, they literally descend from the first men. So he's the only one who descends from the first men um, in this group, at least as far as we know from like the highborn people, you know, that, you know, anybody could. So the just... first men came, were started in the north and then eventually trickled down south, built the mm. wall because White Walker's scary. Holy fuck. Yeah. Where did Targaryens and Valarians come from? That's yeah. like from so they okay, that's right. So they just came. They're from that like Valyria is in the I think that's in the east, closer to Essos. Cause that's something I also learned about Dragonstone is that that was not a part of the Seven Kingdoms. That was the fur that was the west the furthest west stronghold of Valyria, which is why it's Dragonstone. Oh. Uh, oh. their closest stronghold to the to Westeros, and uh, wow, yeah, that okay, yeah, that's interesting to think about, like the the deep history of like the first men and and then the Targaryens and everyone coming over. Um, ah, oh, the Andals. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, I see now. Um, but I don't know. Just the the reason I'm hyping all of this up. And everything is this is this is where um my performance is is Kit Harrington here. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he good. like he's really Jon Snow now. Um and I'll we'll get to my scene a little a little later here. Um uh, but man, I, I don't know, I this was John's getting into his cool Jon Snow shit. Um so I don't know, I I love the him the metaphor of him just being like the first men, because mm. I mean, he's, he is the closest they got to him right now. That so is actually the first ever performance nod given to Kit Harrington <gasps> on our journey so far. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah, I it's gave got... him a character nod. Yeah. But not. So a vibe and not performance yet. Uh, not performance yet. Mm. But yeah, this is a great scene with Corin arriving and warning Jior that, you know, we got to be careful. You know, the wildling army under Mance Raider is really tearing through shit. Uh, what I'm thinking, we send a small party ahead to neutralize Mance's lookouts 
and we don't need everybody. We need like four or five men. Let's go ahead and do that. And John's like, fuck yeah, baby, I'm going. Let's do this shit. And Gior's like, no, you're not. You got shit to do. And Sam's like, I'll do his shit. It'll be cool. How about mm-hmm. I get in there? And uh, John's like, dope, perfect. I'm going. Bye. Gior's like, oh, fine. And uh, he goes ahead and joins Corn Half Hands group, which uh, ends up taking him on probably the most formative journey in his story. Oh, him, yeah. His time with the wildlings. They get put up in front of Mance Raider, right? Like, they go in his, like, tent, and then, and then, like, Egrid? Is that, like, is, and, like... We're almost there. Like, That's where we're yeah. Going. Uh, John okay. actually has to kill Corrin to gain their trust. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And Corrin, like, knows, too, and then, Corrin, like, like... whispers in his ear, like, do it. Like, you have yeah. to. Right there on oh, you know? like, my God. Uh, yeah, there's Damn. some real cool shit coming up with John's storyline that is just like I love the North of the Wall stories. Like that yeah. is the shit out there, yeah. man. I mean, there that's my scene is when he when he made the decision to become a ranger. He's like, I'm doing it. You know, he didn't I, I think he might have asked permission a little bit for like from yeah. from uh Lord Commander Mormont, like a little bit, but it was it it was really him being like, I'm doing this. Like I'm he's doing- like I know I'm doing this. We're north of the wall. Yeah, I can do what I want here. Um, and and it, and I don't know. Jordan Mormont kind of it felt a little proud here. It looked like <laughs> you know it, it's it's what he wished his son. You know if could have been. Yeah, I think I think John is is oh, just the, that's another kick ass part of the book that I never even mm-hmm. like. Because this is a few episodes back now. Is that a when John decided to flee south, this is at the end of season one, I think, not not even season two yet. Mm. Uh, he was like, you know what? I'm leaving. And everybody comes and chases him down and stuff. He had the decency to leave Longclaw behind because even Jorah left it behind when he fled. Which is like, that's cool. You know, like that's just like a little connection between Jorah and John that I never considered is that when they both left, they both decided to leave the sword. That's right. He did leave it back because Sam brought it back to him. Mm -hmm. They brought, they were like, all right, come back. And they handed him the sword after that. Right. He didn't have it with him when he was riding. I don't think he did. No. Dang. That's cool. Yeah. Um, That was cool. Just, just a little thing that I was reminded of. Because hmm. like there were a few things from the books as I was I was reading the end of them and the beginning of the next one that I was like oh I need to remember that because that's really cool hmm. uh, and that was just one of them but yeah just a really cool connection between Jorah and Gior and John I think they've got a they got a cool thing going on but uh, yeah that uh, that ends the story at the Fist of the First Men and it takes us to our last location in Karth where Daenerys ah. taught her dragon to breathe some fire. Uh, on command, and now they are capable. The first Dracarys of the first, show. The first yeah. Dracarys, yes. That's pretty huge. Dracarys. That is pretty huge. They didn't they go all the way across the Red Waste? Yeah, they did. Karth is literally the furthest east that the map goes. There is nothing Ow. else over there. Um, Dracarys. So yeah, they they are really far out there. How does like Karth exist? Wait. Is it a globe? Is that do they just because in well, the intro a lot of stuff that they don't know they don't know what is east 
of Karth and they don't know what is west of Westeros. Uh, well, because in the intro, a thing I did notice when I went back because I was like, is it the Red Comet or whatever? The map, they still think that the Earth is um, not flat, but like it is the whole universe. It, it, it wraps around and everything is inside. Like the sun is coming from inside of like the Earth. Basically, oh. or it's if it's the sun or the comet, I don't know. But the Earth is literally like, like wrapping out. Like I don't know. Um, that's their view of the world, I mm-hmm. guess. Right now, is that it's kind of like they're the center of the universe. Basically, I guess you could say that they still believe that Earth is the center of the universe. Right. Right. Um, no. Yeah. Because yeah. So mm-hmm. there's there is a lot of questions about Karth and how it even it is like that. Um, it's maybe. so far away from everything. Like looking at the like the interactive map, out the red waste, like where Danny had to go to get through the red waste. It's nuts. Wow, how far she had to go. Like this, like Vaistothrak is up here, like up, like super far north. I mean, like if she traveled the entire from like the wall. I don't know. Basically from like the wall to King's Landing, the equivalent. She made the King's Road like but just through straight desert, through nothing. Um which is nuts. That's impressive. And then and then I don't know, but I don't know, it's it's cool to see like in Karth, like actually in the city now. Right, um, right. And No, yeah, I, I loved I loved the stuff in Karth, you know, because you know, she's enjoying the hospitality of the of Zaro Zoandoxus and the city of Karth, and he hosts a gathering in her art in her honor in the gardens of his home. And you know, she's got to tell <laughs> the Dothraki to, you know, you know, don't take anything. We're good. We're their guests. We're going to be respectful. I love the way Jorah like broke it down for her too. He says, "Well, this would be very easy to steal." He says, "It's too heavy." He's like, "It's very simple, Khaleesi. We could chop it up and melt it down. Gold is soft. We could really yeah. get away with this." Yeah, this is and, so uh, easy. Um, yeah, and uh, Danny, like, no, guys, no, come no, no. on, We're stealing not is that. bad. <laughs> They're like, "What?" They're like, "Are you?" Are That's you literally what we do. And then, uh, yeah, get a gold cup, and then just immediately pours the water out and takes it. Like, steals like, immediately. Um, yeah, he's like, I you know what? I can't, I can't not do this. He gave it to me, you know. Yeah, fair uh, enough. They're like that in Karth, though. I guess, like, yeah, to just to... hand out water cups that are made of pure gold. Like, they got I think I don't know. It looked like gold, but yeah. damn, they're wealthy. Yeah, they got um, the shits on them. But uh, yeah, they're they're hosting an an honor or a gathering in her honor, and she is perturbed when uh, Piat Pri, a warlock, shows him shows her a few tricks you know uh start seeing double he he appears twice invites her to visit the house of the undying where they drink their shade of the evening turns their lips blue and their minds to mush and, yeah uh, what the like i don't know there's some actual magic going on there though unless he's just an identical twin um, no yeah there's definitely some shit going on because this shit gets uh yeah no he he i feel like he does he has more than one copy later on like i feel like he has like five versions of himself that's walking around that temple eventually i don't know i don't i don't know what the fuck there's eventually 11 of him <laughs> wait 
to kill yeah, every they, other member right. of the 13. Oh my god, yeah. I forgot he just kills all of them. Yeah. Oh, dude. Man, it's except, crazy how much happens in the show. Except oh. for Zaro, Zo, and Doxus because they are working together. Um, but, mm. uh, yeah, the next one, we get a visit from one of the most interesting characters in the entire show who is in the show for two episodes and it is never explained what the fuck she's got going on. Uh, this masked lady. Really? Yeah. Wait, no she tell, idea what the fuck her deal does she is. Come and tell Jorah something. Is that what? Yeah, she, comes she tells Jorah Daenerys's need for protection from those who lust for her dragons. She tells him to look out. People are after her dragons. You need to protect her. And that's it for right now. What the fuck? She, and she doesn't show up again for two episodes. She's in the seventh. She's in the seventh one of season two, also. But that's Does it. Does it look like anyone that we know? Like, I don't know, through the, can you tell, like, through... I can't tell, I can't tell who that might be. Uh... Oh. Yeah, because I'm trying to... Who would be over in Karth that we would even know, you know, that... Unless it is you go west of Westeros and you get to, you know, that if oh, that's where no. Arya, like, pops up at, you know, and maybe some people know that somehow already well that's the thing is that that was another thing i learned from the books is that nobody who's ever sailed west from westeros has ever returned nobody ever comes back if they sell west which is like that's the thing is that if this map is to be believed if you sail west of westeros you kind of it depends on where you leave but you'll you'll either just hit way more ocean until you get back to westeros or you'll hit like the just barren wastelands of Essos. Well, and that's it's the either thing. the Red Waste or... Is that I think that anyone who lives in Westeros or Essos, they've just never been able to say what they found. So that's why there's nothing on the map. It's that there's nothing that hasn't been taken down. Uh, <laughs> nobody mm. knows what the fuck is out there. Um, well, this is the Dothraki Sea, though. And, like, it is, like, they do control all of this. It's just, like, I don't know. It, I don't know how, like, how do they even get all of this? Like, if the book does have a map, I guess. The books do have maps in there. Um, yeah. So this is probably heavily based on that. Yeah. Um. But, man, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they ever, like, come through with that on the Arya spinoff. Oh, I pray or, they do one day. Um, one day. But, uh, yeah, so she just shows up, tells Jorah, look out, and then uh, that's it. But uh, Azaro mm. then offers to fund Daenerys' invasion of Westeros. You know, he's like, I've seen the way your boy toy looks at you. What the fuck's going on there? He's in love with you, right? She's like, no, no, no. And uh, he's like, dope, cool, because I'm thinking that I'll give you everything you need and we'll get married. How's that? And uh, she's like, wow, that's romantic. And he's like, I've married for love. The gods saw fit to take her from me. So done with that. Uh, I got a lot of money. You got a need for a lot of money to make this happen. I'll become king. You become queen. Let's do it. And uh, she's like, huh, interesting. I'll think on that. He shows mm-hmm. her He shows her his little eye of Agamotto. <laughs> and uh, 
It's the only thing that can open this door. I've hired thieves. I've hired locksmiths. I've hired everyone to try to break through this door. No one can get through. And what's behind the door? There's there's a wording that I thought was interesting. I've hired all of them to try and break in, and every single one of them has come up empty-handed. There's nothing in there anyway. So ha- did they actually break in? Too? There's a chance that some of them broke in and just didn't get anything because, and then he killed them because. And he he's not lying. Technically, yeah. Oh my god! They come wow. up empty-handed. There's nothing in there. Hey, uh, fake it till you make it, man. Yeah, he Parasite is, he, he me, is the you know? peak of fake it till you make it, my man. Uh, Zaro Zoentoxis has got it like that, but not even for real. Uh, and later on, she seeks Jorah's advice about the proposal and he's like yeah i don't know about that you know we're we're really close we can do this you need support from westeros you're not going to win westeros from karth that's just not how it's going to work and he's like to be able to win you should be able to reach westeros with uh with just a single ship and he and he goes on to explain his uh his admiration for her Mm. rather plainly you know you would not oh, only yeah. be respected and feared, you would be loved. Someone who can rule and should rule. Centuries come and go without a person like that coming into the world. There are times when I look at you and I still can't believe you're real. And, Damn. Uh, and Danny did not know how to take that. No, she um, did not. She was like, so as my advisor, let me friend zone you real quick. Let you know where you stand. Um, because that was way too nice. And oh my god, um, yeah, that was. And Jorah kind of was like, "Oh damn, all right." Um, well, as soon as he says it, too, he's like, "Ooh, I said he's like, too much." Oh, did I say that out loud? I mean, it's what I've been thinking every single second of the day, looking at you. It's you know, I mean, and that was, was my line because oh, yeah. there. And again, it's kind of the way that Gwendolyn Christie's uh, presenting her sword to Catelyn was my favorite scene. Mm. It's because I truly believe that if Masande could have died. Two of her dragons could have died. John could have stopped loving her. Everything could have gone bad for her. But if Jorah would have lived through the Battle of Winterfell, I don't think she breaks bad. Mm. That's my, that is my, I think he is the angel on her shoulder the entire time, letting her know that she is. She is worth it. She is perfect. She is everything. And she should not let that go for a second. And as soon as he's gone, Mm. those bad thoughts can eat at her until she goes into madness. That's uh, man. Wow. That's actually so true. And like even better that now that you say that, because I love the trope of like a queen keeping the king in check. Um, Mm. But in this way, it's just, you know, flipped around the other way. John's keeping uh, Daenerys in check. And eventually John's like, well, I'm not not about that incest life. So peace out. And now I have to kill you. So, I mean, it's very complicated at the end there. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't know. That is that is crazy. That Like the yeah, second she I, loses John, like. The second she loses Jorah. When Jorah oh, dies. That's who you're, that's you're talking about. Oh, Okay. When Jorah dies, that's Ooh. when she loses her mind. Because he's the one who tells her things like this 
Oh, okay, okay yeah. You're right, because he's, he's already one kind of long her, gone. He's yeah. the one who feeds her like, you are good, you are worthy, you are a good person. Uh, you don't. You are not your father. You are not like them. You are worthy of being loved. You're worthy of being a queen. And as soon as she's gone, there's nothing but questions about her being a Targaryen. Should we trust her? Is she worthy of this? Is she? An, and Jorah's not there to go. Yes, she is. You know. And is it already been there. found out that he was the spy? To it is, it is found out. Uh, okay. She she sends him off. Uh. Or like, has it been found out already in the watch? Or like, is it still? To oh be no, tested? that happens. That happens later. That that's happens. What I thought. When, that happens when Tyrion comes into the. Fold yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh, okay. Because that's what I was thinking. Because I thought you were talking about John, and I'm like, well, now that I think about that, now Daenerys is pretty. She's still. I don't know. She's conquer. She's a conqueror already. Yeah. Whenever she's with John, so it's not like when she loses John, she loses it. It's like she's already. She's already kind of yeah, that, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think she could have lost Sunday. Yeah. I think she could have lost two dragons. I think John's affections could die out. I think all of that could have happened, and she wouldn't have lost her mind if Jorah didn't die at the Battle of Winterfell. I think I think if Jorah stays alive through it, he's enough to keep her grounded, and uh, that just doesn't happen. Uh, and I think that's a uh, I think it speaks volumes about how important Man. Jorah was to Daenerys. You know, like that's a uh... yeah. I mean, other than Tyrion, you know, I'd say Jorah's probably the. I don't know who's who's a better advisor over Daenerys's all of Daenerys's advisors that she's ever had. Is Tyrion number one? Is Jorah Tyrion, number one? like there's some stuff that happens in later seasons where Tyrion is on a string of L's. And then betrays her and frees Jamie. Uh, like, so Jorah is her best. Jorah is through and through throughout yeah. the show her best advisor. Um, that's a few more things. Tyr if Tyrion's not <laughs> like Masande could have died, two dragons could have died, John could have lost uh, all of his affections, Varys could have plotted against her, Tyrion could have fucked up continuously and tried to free Jamie. And she's if she had Jorah, she would have been fine. Like the I am, Paul was already I, dead. Yeah. Call, yeah I like, adamantly believe thing. that. Man, yeah. Okay. Because he's the you know, she loses one dragon. And she's you know, that sucks, of course. Jorah's the second thing she loses. Mm. Masande dies after that. Another dragon dies after that. John falls out of love with her after that. Like there's all sorts of stuff that happens to her after she loses Jorah. And if Jorah had been there, I think she would have been fine. Uh, man. Man, but but that's the thing is that, like, this whole time, he's still talking to Varys? No, like, he stopped doing that a while ago. He did? Is it known, like, for sure that he did? Yeah, yeah. I think, because there was a point in season one where that wine merchant, like, tried to kill her. Yeah. Uh, and someone, like a little bird, came up to him and was like, you can come back to Westeros. You've been you've been relieved of your crimes and stuff. And I think at that point, he was like, I'm done reporting back to Varys and I'm choosing Daenerys as my queen. Like, uh, okay. I think that's I think that's stopped happening for a while now. Um, because I guess my in my brain, I guess I was under the impression that he was still talking to Varys until he was found out, like until it was revealed and Danny found out that he was talking to Varys. No, yeah, because when that happens, he's like, I haven't been doing that for years. 
Okay. Like it's been a long time since I did that. And cause I think the last thing, I think the last thing he told him was that Viserys got killed. That's right. I think that was the yeah. last thing he okay. told him. Um, and then at that point they were like, cool, we have nothing to worry about then. Mm. Cause they were sleeping yeah. on Daenerys, you yeah. know, like that's, uh, <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. Well, we wanted to kill you anyways. Now that you're dead. Okay. Why worry about a 15 year old girl or whatever at the time? Yeah. Um, so fair. Yeah. No, that's, no. that's, I think Jorah has been done reporting back to Varys, which is okay. also important. That's good. To know. That's good. Um, why does he have to be a, why do you have to be like involved with slavery a little? You know, he could have been, it could have been such a good character, such a great character. Mm. Why does he have to have that attached to him? You know, it's a damn shame. Um, it's a damn ah, shame. Damn. But, yeah, but that does conclude the episode, and uh, we're left with nothing but a rating for it, I believe. <gasps> we must talk about Sumai. Um, we, uh, yes. it, it, to invoke Sumai, I think it's it's important to, you know, from last episode, um, we were so inspired by invoking Sumai that, that I think, you know, we need to implement a new rule here on the pod oh, for every show. For every um, show, for every project we do, for winter is blooming throughout the rest of the show, you have three opportunities to invoke Sumai. Mm. And when you invoke Sumai, you have full say on what an episode's rating is as far as one category, because we have enjoyment, genre, and critical. You get full say on one of those. As to what the rating is. If we're on just opposite pages. If, if you're like. Well and even not opposite pages. If you're like man this was a 10 enjoyment. I have no doubt. And I'm like ah, it was more like a 7 or 8 for me. You can go I invoke Sumai. This is a 10. And I have no choice. But to accept your Sumai. That is, uh, that is the I way of things. also could on the other end. Say. If you're at a 10 and I'm like, oh, no, this was some dog shit. I, I don't know. I feel like this was a five. I'm invoking Sumai. Bang. You know, it could go it could go any direction. And we are um, going to do this with every project. We're doing it with uh, with Winter is Blooming. We're going to do it with our comic book movie journey through film. If it's on the comic book movie journey through film, that's a lot more long spanning. So it's going to be a little bit <laughs> more meticulously like there. There will be times where it's like, oh, do I want to invoke Sumai? But you're like, ah, but what if later, you know, like there's a, there's a few things there. So, you know, you got to be careful with your Sumais. You get three mm -hmm. of them. You get three Sumais. Uh, and you got to cut your I, hand, too. Yeah, you time. have to cut your hand with a knife. Uh, yep. That's the rule here. Uh, <laughs> we will. You'll just you'll, have, you'll hear it. You won't see it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah that'll be that'll be it. But uh, yeah, so Sumai is officially on the table. You can invoke Sumai and get full say on a rating. I don't know that it'll necessarily be invoked this episode. <laughs> Not really an episode worthy of invoking Sumai, if I had to say so myself. And uh, so let's start with enjoyment. How are we feeling about this one on a scale of one to 10? You know, even though that not any, we, we kept saying or kept saying that like not a lot happened this episode. It was just really a really easy episode to watch. A very like, entertaining. Yeah. Um, And I think that's where the strength of this episode is, is just an enjoyment. You get, you get a check in with every character and like every single location was like nothing was filler, you know, I guess. And filler's not bad. Standpoint, um, but it's oh, incredible. 
uh, oh like God, the foreshadowing yeah. of the raid by uh, the Ironborn, the foreshadowing of something that is four and a half seasons away in mm. the destruction of uh, King's Landing via yeah. wildfire. And the Battle of Blackwater. Uh, and the well, Battle of Blackwater. Immediately. Um, yeah, a lot of, even like John, uh, a lot of progression with him, seeing where he's going now, setting his story in motion. Theon's um, story setting it in oh, motion. Dude, like, yeah, that, the, the web is getting so crazy. And hmm. this, this is an episode that you can just, you can sit back. It's not even really, um, like that hard to take in what's happening. It's just very simple things that are happening at each location. Super f- easy to watch. Like, I don't know, but like, I don't. My gut took me to an eight five. Okay, because I was like nine. I was looking at the the nine. And I'm like, that just kind of feels really high. high. Like, not a, high. like because while it was easy to watch, we don't have any of those things where it was like, oh shit, I loved this. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was a very nice episode to watch. But I would not go as far as to say that I loved this episode. And I think once you get to nine, you're saying you love this episode. Uh, Puts it on the same level as episode two of this season, The Nightlands, um, which one. I remember that title didn't make sense, right? Yeah, um, it, was, uh, it was a little vague because there was only one scene in, scene in reference to The Nightlands. Uh, it was the one where uh, uh, Ricaro's head was returned to them in a sack in in the the red sea and they were like oh he will not reunite with his ancestors in the nightlands and that was it that was the only mention of the nightlands and then you also had uh craster walking his son out into the woods and setting him down on the rock and we were like oh maybe there's something there and i don't know no maybe it's like the long night lands Mm -hmm. this is like the i don't know yeah Uh, maybe there was something there but interesting i think uh Cause that episode wasn't, yeah. I feel like it is kind of on the same, same. Yeah, it's there. roughly, it's right because, around there. Yeah, I think that that does sound right. Because bigger things happen in that episode, but this one is just kind of smaller things, but good spread out through the whole episode. So it's just mm. like good the whole time. Um, so I'm yeah, not gonna I'm lie good. to you, buddy. I'm looking at these ratings, and I'm almost like I'm genre wise does pretty good. It does mm-hmm. pretty good. It advances a lot of stories, sets a lot of stuff up. Um, we do get some pretty mystical shit with the death of Renly. We get death, yeah, Renly dying, which was nuts. We get uh, Dracarys. We get some dragons. We get the first, the, the first little meat cook. Um, yeah. We get the fa- the masked woman, which, by the way, I went back and looked at it. Whenever Jorah asks, who are you? She says, I'm no one. Um, mm. she immediately follows it by saying, but she's the mother of dragons. So she's just like trying to play that. Like, I don't matter. Daenerys matters. You need to protect her dragon. So it could be, I'm no one is in the face of, you know, that, and she's literally wearing a mask. So we also got Jakar, uh, Jock and Hagar in the mix now too. So, so maybe there's a little bit more foreshadowing at work there. Maybe this is the assistant the girl. Yup. Yeah. Yup. Yup. That's Ooh. her. That's her. We got to follow. We got well. She just pops up whenever Arya gets to Bravos, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, is it in Bravos? Yes. Uh, yes, it's in Bravos. Uh, and the Waif is actually played by uh, the chick who plays Vel in Andor, which is right. really super fun to see again. Um, uh, hmm, that, that'd be one interesting. Of the most yeah. hateable characters in this yes, show. Yes, she did. Yes, um, she did. What? What's her character name? 
the waif. The waif. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the waif. That, that I guess there's this my is current, the <laughs> my current my current theory is this masked, this mysterious masked woman is the waif, or maybe just someone else in the faceless community. Um, I don't know what to, the faceless community. I love. Yeah, it. I don't know. I, I don't know it. what to what to call them. But no, I'm I'm sitting at roughly a nine in this uh, in the genre I category. I think it was, I was pretty good. Um, I was right there. Yeah this this was it's. It becomes a 10 if you get, like, a battle in there or you get, like, a huge oh-my-god moment, you know? Or I don't know. Like, it's like it had everything. It was just done very well. I don't hate anything. It progressed so many storylines. Maybe if there was just something. It's just a really good episode of Thrones. It's not uh, nothing groundbreaking but really good. And I think a 9 out of 10 kind of captures that. Uh, But critically – I'm left in a place where this is uh probably somewhere maybe an eight seven five kind of splitting that eight five and nine but because uh, it was good it was damn good I don't think it was written to be a like I couldn't tell you a single like standalone story within this episode it was a lot of just progressing tons of storylines uh it was pretty good looking but I think it left a lot to be desired on that side of things um. Yeah, it's. De- I feel eight five would be the floor. Mm. I feel like it can't really go much lower than that. Like it, it was nothing spectacular, but with what little happened to keep me that folk, like to keep me that in the whole time. They did a good um, job. It, I was never really confused as to what was going on. You know, even though we were jumping around so much. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. I think like eight, I don't think it's a nine, not it's, it wasn't that good. So no. I, I think like eight, seven, five or eight, five is right. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm even more comfortable with eight, five because I think we've had, uh, we've had better. I think we've just had better episodes, a lot of yeah. better episodes and this was good. It was just, uh, just wasn't, uh, mm-hmm. wasn't anything insane. So, uh, comes Dang, to a that's... good score. That's pretty spot on there. I mean, 87% IMDb, 8.6 out of 10. We have an 8.67 here, if mm. you want to get that detailed with it. Um, so, Daniel, maybe we're getting better at this um, over time. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> I guess it makes sense. We would hopefully improve over time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. This it's. I guess we were right. Uh, we predicted that this would be a little jump up, not quite a nine, but a, it's the start of the rise of the end of the season, and they're setting it up. So they set it up pretty well for every storyline to to continue on. So they did. They did. They did a damn good job, and this was another good episode. But I think we will conclude this episode of Winter is blooming. Mm-hmm. With that, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews and uh, comic book pull lists and uh, some movie reviews. I'm uh, doing a nice little project where every time I watch a movie for the first time, I go ahead and I uh, I go ahead, put it on a list and record when I've done like 10 to 15 of them. I'm trying to catch up with all the best picture nominees for the Oscars. I'd already watched like five or six of them. But in uh, recent weeks, I've watched Tar and uh, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. I'm working on Triangle of Sadness. Um, I'm working my way through them, so I'm definitely uh, 
excited to talk about those. I'm thinking maybe I'd give my own little ranking of the best picture nominees once I've watched all of them. Still need to catch Way of the Water. And Women Talking isn't available anywhere, and there's no showtimes in my area. So we'll figure something out there, but we'll figure it out. So that's all on patreon.com slash pennybloompod. For three bucks a month, you can support this podcast financially, which will be huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So help a brother out. That'd be huge. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review because we've got tons of shit for you here, uh, especially since we're doing our comic book character draft right now. That's ongoing. Last week was round one, and this this week will bring us round two. We covered The Last of Us episodes one through three last week. Uh, we're going to be doing that in three episode trunk chunks, uh, one through three, four through six, seven through nine. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We've got uh, Bad Batch coverage on Wednesdays. We're doing a whole lot. And, you know, just around the corner here in a little bit less than a month, we've got The Mandalorian starting up. So we'll be splitting the uh, Rebellion's Bloom on Wednesdays and go on the Bad Batch and The Mandalorian coverage there. We're feasting. Uh, and Oh, like we are feasting. <laughs> we are feasting and we are feeding the people who mm. listen to this podcast. It is true. Like we are we yes. are not we are not depriving you of content. We are making it all because on Fridays, we've got the comic book movie Journey Through Film, where this week will bring us to Howard the Duck. Ooh. I believe it brings us our first guest. The MCU, baby. Yeah, we begin our first. We got our first Marvel movie this week. And Howard the Duck on Friday, that brings us our first guest, my father, Justin Robertson, will be joining us for that. So shout out to my dad. He'll be on the show on Friday. So I can't wait for you to hear that. And uh, we got we got all sorts of good shit in the in the pipeline for you. We're working hard and it's paying off. The, the listenership is growing like crazy. We keep we keep gaining more and more uh, downloads every month. And thank you all who are here to mm -hmm. listen. Please leave reviews, though. That helps so much. Uh, every time we get a little review, it helps those search metrics. People look up Star Wars. People look up Game of Thrones. If we get mm -hmm. a ton more reviews, we will pop up on lists whenever people search that. Mm -hmm. uh, because 20 reviews just isn't getting it done. Uh, yeah. Would appreciate that. So Thanks for listening to me ramble, though. Um, can't believe oh, yeah. you, you would want to, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you for hey, giving man, me a platform. There's an audience for everything, my man. That's That's been the attitude for this podcast since day one, and it's finally paying dividends in our listenership. So thank you so much. And uh, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I don't want to be a queen. I want to be the queen.